Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of your new favorite internet show, VisionCon Live. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, but you didn't come here to see me today. You came to see the man of the hour. He's an actor and voice actor for such characters as Hayner from Kingdom Hearts 2, Lusso Clemens from Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions, Hector from Ozzy and Drix, just to name a few. He's as handsome as he is talented. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome the one and only Justin Cowden. Justin, how you doing today? I'm good. I, you are, no, this is, you've got a good future. This, that's a great lead in, man. That was, I'm, I'm getting chills. Oh my God. I was, I was telling you before we hit record how much that actually means to me because I've been a fan of yours for years. So when you said you would get on the show, I was thrilled. So thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. My pleasure. My absolute oh. pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm oh. honored. My pleasure. And I know that I didn't touch on all of your roles because like all of the other guests that we've had on and are going to have on, you know, your IMDb pages, you know, if I went through every single character, we'd be here all day. But <laughs> can you touch on just a couple other characters that you've played? And then after you do that, I want to know the superhero origin story of Justin Cowden. How did we get here start from the beginning oh, and then, you know, give me wow. an abridged version to now yeah i gotta i gotta learn brevity because i know i can go on um well most recently i was uh willie on the walking dead the skybound uh, skybound you know uh it was telltale and we recorded two two episodes of the last season final season and then i get like an email from a friend going oh it's too bad it went under did you get paid and i went what and we ended up uh robert kirkman ended up bringing in his company to finish it and so that was cool so willie on the walking dead was my most recent well actually my most recent role was jerky kid number one off screen on fuller house that got cut out of the episode uh but i got a trailer for the day which was fun like uh i got to be on the, the lot i the little kid is on a high dive and he's like talk trying to psych himself into jumping and i'm like Stop talking to yourself and jump. And I got paid for that. <laughs> they cut me out. I was like, suckers. Um, yeah, Willie, Walking Dead, I did. We saw Hainer from Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, I did not do part three. Um, uh, but uh, Zach, who did it, who did it instead of me, we became good friends. He's a good dude. Um, Lusso, Final Fantasy Tactics, a lot of, lot of voice stuff I did. Um, a cartoon a long time ago for Nickelodeon called As Told by Ginger. Um, I was a character, I was her boyfriend on that, the last season, not the whole show. That was Kenny, Kenny was the guy. Um, but uh, a lot of theater, uh, done some films, I had uh, a short film at Comic-Con 10 years ago starring my dad and all these years later we're now in pre-production to turn it into a feature. And at one point we had some names interested in it but i think it's more it's become more personal of a project to me now so i think we're going to try to go a different route you're going to see people that are recognizable in it but i think we're going to go i think i may be playing the character that my dad played so uh, or the son of the character my dad played so we're trying to have it fun but it's uh you'll hear more about that soon but uh yeah no no i'm, I'm super stoked to be here oh, ozzy and Drix was the first first cartoon i ever did for kids wb and then there's a lot of my woulda, coulda, shoulda resume, you know, just this close to getting stuff and being beat out by really cool dudes. Uh, <laughs> after a while, uh, it, it's a very extensive resume as well. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I've been doing that for, wow, 
it's 2020, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it sneaks up on you. 2003, I think, was when I started. Mm-hmm. So wow. was your love for entertainment, you know, voice acting, acting, kind of... Oh, yeah, you wanted the, the origin. <laughs> yeah, it, was it out the womb or just, you yeah. know... Okay. Yeah, I, I grew up in a neighborhood in, in L.A., in West L.A., called... Uh, it was a city, a little tiny city called Culver City. So it's like, a, the, it's like a little city that has its own government within L.A. There are a lot of situa- places like that. And um, I could walk to what was then MGM, which is now Sony Studios. And in those days, they were filming like Dallas and some of those like, you know, nighttime dramas. Um, but Heart of the Screenland, that was where, you know, Gone with the Wind was made. And that was where uh, I Love Lucy, Desilu Studios was right by my elementary school. So, I mean, out the door, I wanted to do, I wanted to be Michael J. Fox, right? When I was a kid, that was Michael J. Fox. Kirk Cameron, uh, John Ritter. I like, wanted to be on one of those multi-camera sitcoms, you know, where, where the opening credits of the guy go, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, totally. But they were always filming stuff in my neighborhood. And, and um, my dad and my mom were always very supportive of that. And so, but they waited until I really, really, really wanted to be in the business. They didn't try to push me as a child actor or anything like that, even though I wanted to. Um, and I, you know, and so when I got out of high school, finally, it was like, all right, let's, let's, you know, try out, the, you know, this kind of a thing. And I went up for several different roles that I didn't get, but it was a, it was a, it was a, it has been a long road, but the, what got me into voiceovers, uh, formerly was that I went in to read for something and my, the agent said, oh, um, do you do it in English or Spanish? And I was like, well, like both. And he was like, oh, great. Best thing I ever said. And then Ozzy and Drix comes along and they go, yeah, we got this guy, this kid, he's Hispanic, but he doesn't have an accent and he's not, uh, and he doesn't speak Spanish. And I go, it's a cartoon, okay? And so I go and I roll up and there's literally like 10 kids under the age of 10, um, Latino, you know, Hispanic, you know, how, whatever the word is now. I, I don't know what it is now. I'm, I'm trying to be proper with it. Yeah, no. um, uh, <laughs> Anyway, I'm thinking, oh, I'm done. I'm not, they don't have this job. This is, so I went in there and I said, can I do other voices for you guys? I said, I, I need a job. And cause I figured I was going to get beaten. And then I get the role and they were like, yeah, we were listening. It was between you and this other kid. And we really couldn't decide. And then we realized that you're grown up and you don't have to have your mom here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, if that kid only knew that 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 he that I beat him by a parent by being you know an adult that was they were his voice isn't going to change. So I'm like, oh yeah, no. So that's how I got. And once I was there, it was like secession of a lot of things that aren't on the resume, things that I you know were either dubs that fall into a gray area with the unions, you know, or um, projects that like remember the old DVROM games, like that kind of early, yeah. early to 21st century. Um, I did a game called Elysium. And there was a, not to be confused with the Matt Damon movie, but it was basically like people get inside big robots and fight. And it was a post-apocalyptic thing. And I played this guy, Paul, which is a, again, like a variation of Hainer and Lusso and like the young kid voice, which is funny because I've always wanted to play Robin. And there have literally been like 10 Robins in different forms since I started, and I haven't been able to even read for one of them. I read for Young Batman once. 
that was it. it was like, hello, how are you? You know, because I can do a really deep sure. voice video games as well. But I've always been play that part. And it's like the one that's evaded me. But yeah, no, I um, was a fan of G.I. Joe, all the Transformers since I was a kid. My, um, my godson's grandfather was actually the original Cobra Commander and Starscream from the 80s. Really? Yeah. So, oh yeah. And I, um, I didn't know that was the story, but I, uh, there was a guy named Ken Holiday. He was on a show called Matlock and he was filming when I was walking out of elementary school and I was in the dare program and the cop that was guarding the, the project, he was the cop that taught dare. And he says, you want to meet Mr. Holiday? And I was like, yeah, I knew him from TV. I knew who, you know, he starts doing the voice of roadblock from GI Joe. And he's like, I'm roadblock. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he goes, and he gave me an autograph and he was telling me all about how he, you know, Cobra Commander's my buddy and just, an, and, you know, fast forward all these years. And, and I, I, I don't know where he's at today, but that really did spark my interest in wanting to do voiceover stuff as well. Um, and then I've also had a lot of, once I did Ozzy and Drix, you understand they used to record everybody in a room together, like an ensemble, which was when you're in a room with, the people I'm about to mention, it was like being in detention. People throwing airplanes. It's just, and they, so they stopped. They started separating people. And, you know, one of my favorite, the gal that uh, is responsible for me working primarily is a late, uh, uh, an amazing uh, cast voice actress and director, uh, Jenny McSwain. And she had me in there and she, I've, I've done stuff because of her. And, she literally finally said, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time for detention anymore. She was, I have separate, you guys. We record everybody separately and splice it together later. But Jim Cummings, Mr. Winnie the Pooh, was who I looked to. I haven't seen him in quite a few years, but I look to him very much like a, like a mentor. Rob Paulson is one of my, my buddies, and I, and I adore him for just who he is and his talent. And he took, you know, took me under his wing right away. You know, I was like, wait, were you Pinky from Pinky in the Brain? He's like, oh, I was. And he does the voice, and I'm like... Pat Fraley, who's done every voice you can think of in the book over the years, you'd be like, oh my gosh, he was, that guy on Scooby-Doo that gets knocked out by the ghost, you know, like, you know, just um, Phil Lamar, Jeff Bennett, I mean, you got Samurai Jack, you've got, you know, Johnny Bravo, I, there's literally all these people in the same room, Alana Ubach, I, I could never have asked for a better first time experience. And um, I know I'm missing somebody else here. Uh, is it Pat, Jim, Rob, Phil, Jeff, Jim. Oh, Jess Harnell, who come in and do stuff as well. So I get Wacko and Yakko and uh, Tasia. And um, anyway, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's been a, a long road. And it, it's, it's, it's one that I would tell anybody that's, that's wanting to do this. It's amazing. If it's all, if you can't see yourself doing anything else, you should be doing it, you know, but know that you're going to pay for it in a lot of things. There's a lot of things in your life that are going to be either delayed or different. And, and there's a lot of heartache too, but it's, I wouldn't change it for the world. So rejection's kind of the name of the game, especially when you're starting out. Were there any particular ones that kind of hit you harder than most? And on that note, what would you kind of recommend for anyone watching? This is kind of jumping off of a question that I'm going to ask you later. But just as like a little bit of a preview, kind of for people that are starting out with voice acting, either watching now or watching later during the recorded version that want to get into voice acting, kind of how do you deal with all that rejection? You know, it's funny, we're human. 
So, I mean, I could say you just got to let it brush off. There's all th- so many things that have been told to me over the years. You can, you know, you can watch all kinds of motivational speakers. You can, you can, I mean, which I recommend, I, I recommend also looking up those stories of the people that wanted to quit and they did one more time and they made it. And they, you, you need to constantly pump yourself up with those Rocky stories, Rudy, Rocky, like that kind of stuff, because, you know, if you want it, it will happen. It just doesn't, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, if you know you're not going to give up. Um, at that point, when you just keep doing it, at some point it might become routine. And that's when you know you've kind of just gotten a zone. But you can't think of every job as, I have to get it. I have to get it. My, my, the, the rest of my life depends on this. Mm-hmm. No, you got to pretend like you already have the job and, and, and pretend like you're getting to perform. And whether or not you get paid to do more of that, that's not in your hands. But you, you, what you want to do, I think it was that Steve Martin said, be so good that they can't ignore you. Yeah, You know, after a while, find your niche. I've, I've had people say, well, I can do Yogi Bear and I can do this and that. And I'm like, they're like, I can do the Looney Tunes characters. I'm like, yeah. And so can, there's about eight guys in front of you and gals who've won Emmy awards that they're going to go to first. There's several voices that I know I can do. There's, I told you my godson, his grandfather was, you know, was Cobra Commander. I can do that. A pretty solid Cobra Commander. Do you think they're going to go to me? No, they're going to go to some of his contemporaries who are still out like Charlie Adler. I forgot Charlie. Oh man. What an amazing, he directed me on, um, Emperor's New School. Um, that guy's one of the most talented dudes I've ever, ever came across. He's so amazing. Um, but yeah, recommending, to, uh, to deal with a rejection, you're always going to be bummed. In fact, sometimes the ones, the auditions that come in that you really, really like, I want this one. I want this one there's this fine line of, okay, don't get too pumped up because most likely in your mind, you're like, most likely, I don't like to say most likely I'm not going to get it. Cause then you're already said you've already lost, but I, I, there's this, oh, I really want this and it would really bum me out to not get it. I almost don't want to audition for it, blah, blah, blah. Um, let me just put it this way. Recently, I, I mean, I didn't even get called back for it, but it was, but I thought I did some pretty solid work on several characters, but they ended up going with names, but I won't say what it was for, but I'll just say that because I've had to record everything from home, I was in my little closet studio and my wife said, if she had to hear me say, I have the power one more time, <laughs> she's going to scream. And this is coming from somebody who is deaf. Okay, so she has a hearing aid on, and so she can hear, ah, ah, ah. And so she knows that much. Like, she can, when she has that on, it's, it hears, it tries to tell her what's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, she can't hear anything. She's completely deaf. But, it, it, but with that hearing aid, it's like, it gives her this, like, peek into the hearing world that's kind of obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So, she, yeah, but, yeah, there's that one. The big one that I would say... Um, I was really close. It was between me and one other guy for Spider-Man. And I won't say which, which version it wasn't. Well, I can tell you it wasn't the one recently. It wasn't Drake, Drake Bell or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably 10 years ago. And I knew the director cause he was directing me on something else. And I was, I read for Venom and I had this whole Venom Eddie Brock thing down. And he said, no, I'm going to have you back in for Spider-Man. And I'm like, really? Yeah. You know? And, it got all the way to the last 
recording thing. And that morning, I'm not going to say that's why they didn't pick me, sure. but the morning of, it was like, I was just a little, there was just a little something there. Let me, yeah. Yeah. And it, so I would recommend anybody who wants to get into this, it is not something that you can do just to make some extra cash. That's, that's Rob Paulson would say, yeah, get a paper out, you know, like that kind of a thing. Because like, I've had people come to me, oh yeah, man, I'll talk to you. I mean, you're getting the voiceovers. Huh? Like, it's just something any monkey can do. Like, no, I mean, most of the voice actors I know are really good singers and they've been trained singers and training your voice. It's just as important. Training your voice, whether you're you can carry a tune or not, is still kind of the same realm. You still have the kind of warm ups. There, I mean, some people just do it. Some people just fought and do it. Um, but because I was already a singer, it helped with that. And so I'll do the same kind of warm ups I would if I was singing. And you maintain your voice. Right now, during this whole whatever, I'll have to admit I've kind of fallen into this like I'm hiding in my dungeon right now and not singing. <laughs> and hasn't been a lot of music to play right now. I, I need to start doing that again. Mm. But um, yeah, that was the big one. Well, that was, I, I wanted to play a superhero for a while and I will eventually. Oh, sure. I w- my voice isn't going to change. I'll probably, you know, be 60 year old Spider-Man. I don't know. Um, but I all, I did just recently sign last, last year with William Morris Endeavor and I've got an amazing agent and they send me up for some amazing stuff to the point where I'm watching a lot of these cartoons again and my kids love all this stuff. And I'm just like, Oh, I'd love to be on any of these. Yeah. So we'll see. It's a small community and to break into it, who knows again, who knows what any of the business is going to be like after this, you, you almost have a chance to reinvent yourself. Like I said, you're going to rise from the ashes out of this and you're going to have a career. So you should be ready because I already, just from your, your intro alone, I'm going, Oh, you need to be doing this, you know. And now, because of YouTube, we have everything in our. You know, you can create. My my kids watch these kids open toys, and these kids are making more money off their monetization. There's, I mean, there's just one little girl who literally goes, "Oh, I'm gonna play outside," and you're like, "My kid doesn't want to be a movie star when she grows up. She wants to be a YouTube star, or she just, you know, and and." There's adults that act goofy that open toys, and I'm going, I want to do that. That's. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the digital renaissance where, like, everything that we may have wanted to do growing up, that, you know, either yeah. you know, adults just said, you know, no, you're not going to be able to make a living off of that. Now we can. And especially. Well, you can uh-huh. you know, yeah, exactly. Well, Those guys that we made fun of, I didn't make fun of, but, like, again, the idea of making, putting money and effort into anything you didn't own the rights to mm-hmm. in around 2000, 2001 pre-digital cameras are now looking just like film. Um, my friends and I would be like, why are we going to put our efforts into something that we don't own? And then YouTube comes along and these guys are like, well, I'll drive traffic doing a fan film. And yeah. Yeah. It's the guy just- that was one of our contemporaries, so I won't say his name, but he's incredibly famous, well-known at all the conventions and makes tons of projects and they look amazing and has gotten deals with big comic companies and stuff. And I go, wow, we missed the boat on that one. Like, you know, I mean, I would probably not do it differently if I could go back. I just, cause my mind was thinking, you know, but that's why you should always dream. Don't let anybody tell you it's impossible or anything's impossible. I mean, literally you're going to get the Snyder cut now. And that was not even thought of the people are like, people are going crazy. I'm going, wow. 
Well, they made a demand. That's just economics, you know? And then they realize, well, there's a whole thing. I've heard people say, this sets a bad precedent that, it, you know, fans can just throw a fit. And I'm like, well, I guess I can see that. But the other side of me sitting there thinking, let the guy present you whether or not that was finished and sitting in a vault. The guy already had a script, already had everything shot that he, with the exception of special effects, let him present what, you know, because a tragedy came along. That's a, yeah. that's a special, and they know they can make money off of it. Well, but, I mean, yeah, that's the ultimate. I, though I, I am excited for the Snyder Cut. I know we're kind of getting a little bit off base here. Well, I know, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just excited for, you know, just the fact that, you know, you Marvel nerds can finally see how a real superhero movie's filmed. Oh my gosh, it's, you know, so funny is like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, by company, uh, I like you know both Marvel. I like DC. I like Top Cow. I like Dark Horse. I like, I mean, I like all of it. I actually most of my DC stuff I read on my DC Universe app because on, on my iPad because I you know I can get all of that. They have that you know let you read tons of stuff. I'm like oh, but I do support my comic book shops. So when I go to the shops, I have my guy give me all this new stuff that I know is either one shots. Like I'm reading something called Paper Girls. I love Paper Girls. Um, uh, stuff by Jeff Lemire. There's a thing called Black Hammer, which is kind of a play on like golden age superheroes. It's awesome. I mean, there's just so many cool other things, but the idea that DC, remember a lot of you guys, I'm, I don't remember a time where the only comic book movie that was out was Batman and Robin. Okay. Now some people can look at that movie with funny nostalgia and go, this is so bad. It's funny. If that movie, I always said, if that was the movie that was released in 1989, people wouldn't have hated it. They would have gone, oh, yeah, this is what we expected. Something campy, they, you know. But the idea that it went so far off the rails that people were like, but, but people gotten so spoiled. There was never a time where you would even think about the fact that Thor or Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy would get their own movies and that people not only would love them, but they would make so much money that they warranted sequels. So now I'm sitting there going, DC's got some great, Characters we've been sitting on that, you know, Batman is the one that they just keep going back to. And yes, it can make a billion dollars, but there are other characters. And now a Green Lantern series, like, like I said a year and a half ago, I said, don't be surprised if in a couple of years you see a Game of Thrones style Batman series on HBO. And people are like, no, no, no. And I'm going, and now they're saying, it's just rumor. They're saying that Ben Affleck's going to do the one that he was going to do. I'm like, you know what? Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker in its own, his own world, while Jared Leto is in this other world. I mean, why can't Ben Affleck be the Justice League Snyder cut Batman and Robert Pattinson over here? Why, why not? Yeah. I, it's just more DC. It's like, fine, if you're going to go the route of multiverse, fine. My daughter and I are watching Stargirl right now, and I'm loving it. Like, it's so, it's, it's feel good, it's fun. It's, yeah, I like Titans as well. Like a lot of that. I mean, the idea that that's the closest I've gotten to seeing, you know, Robin in a while done pretty right. And then transferring to be Nightwing and all, oh, just, I love all, I'm a big DC guy too. I mean, I love, Batman was my guy, Green Lantern. Um, I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I hope he gets another shot to do more. Yeah, I also love, I actually love Brandon Routh and I was really happy to see him do that crisis as the, as the, he's a great guy like he he was there was nothing wrong with him as superman in his movie his movie was just a little i don't know it was when 
awful or anything like that. He was good. I just think he needed another shot. I'm glad they gave him that. But anyway, off topic, I'm sorry. I, I'd love to do something like that. I would love to do something in those realms of even one of those, how DC has all of those animated. Oh, yeah. Like Harley Quinn, uh, the one that came out recently. Uh, my girlfriend. Man. Big fans of that. It's so I good. I saw that. That is most, I actually, believe it or not, I read for Damien. Did that. You? And I, yeah, and I said, you guys, this is a big budget. You guys, they're going to probably go for a real, I'm always a supporter of using a real kid when it's like like Dash in mm-hmm. Incredibles. You needed a real kid, not yeah. me or, you know, a 50-year-old lady playing, you know, a kid. Not to say that it wouldn't sound good. It was probably sound fun, but the authenticity of having, I love our family, you know, like that kind of, you know. But Damien, in my mind, I think the kid they ended up going with, was it the kid from, um, oh, what is his name? He was on the new Twilight Zone. I feel like that's who it was. But I remember thinking, they got to use that kid. They got to use a real, because Damien is a kid. Like, it's not... Like uh, Tim, Tim Drake, um, D- D- you know, Dick, Jason, and, and Tim can all kind of be the same kind of voice, but Damien's this little snot. And so when I watched Harley Quinn, I was like, whoa, they're not even holding back. This oh. is, it's, again, I like when they can experiment with stuff. Mm-hmm. It's in its own world. My, I would never show my kids that right now. No way. <laughs> it's not meant for them. Yeah. No, it's it meant can't... for the big kids that don't want to grow up. <laughs> It's fine. It's kind of what we all are now. But I do want to re- rewind back to something that yep. you actually mentioned. Um, you know, you have to be. You know, a lot of famous voice actors, such as yourself, uh, are also really good at singing because you know trains their voice and all that. And I heard some of your singing, and it's phenomenal. I did not expect you to have those pipes, both in voice acting and in singing, which brings me to my next point. Because you've also, ladies and gentlemen, you heard I say voice actor. But I also said actor because you were recently on the stage of one of the uh, the stage production of one of the most famous Disney films ever created, Beauty and the Beast. Let's talk about it, dude. You know, what's so funny is that I actually just I was uh, Instagramming back and forth with one of my Gastons. I did. I've done the show twice. Uh, the one I just did most recently, uh, and we were chatting because he's in New York and he had gotten COVID and said, you know, he had it for three days and everybody in his building like, got over it very fast. I'm like, oh, well, I'm drinking your blood, you know? <laughs> okay. um, but I was thinking about that because that was one of my favorite, me- it was my favorite musical when I got out of high school. I was, they had they'd done it on Broadway and then they brought it out to LA and they had it in LA for two years or something like that. And I remember going and saving my money and seeing the show four different times because um, I just loved it. I just, I, I'm absolutely adored it. And it was so funny. Fast forward all these years later, I've gotten to work with so many people that were in that production at one point. And then when I, I, I never really, I wanted to do the show because I'm not six foot four. Half the roles that my voice is right for, I don't get to play. So musical theater has always been kind of a difficult line. Um, I've been up to play Frankie Valley a few times. That took like a year and a half to two years of training. And, you know, I've gotten real close so many times. That was one of those woulda, coulda, shouldas that I never quite got. Became the bane of my audition existence. You want to talk about rejection? Um, but every all the other roles that, that are more baritone I mean, I'm a tenor, but it, it like baritone like my range is pretty wide. Um, 
and I, uh, my, and I, which I would not be there. I'm going to plug her right now. Mary Jo Dupre, voice coach to Bon Jovi, was mentioned in his Hall of Fame speech. Um, she's incredible. She's one of the reasons I have even been able to get anywhere with my voice is because of her. She's, you know, amazing. And I, I cannot not mention uh, a man named Bob Garrett who got me on the path to wanting to try out for all this stuff. But um, Beauty and the Beast, anyway, I, I go off on 10. Unless, I digress. Um, I didn't want to do the show because I knew height-wise I would end up being like LeFou. And for some reason, it was always like, my voice was always Lancelot or Gaston or something like that. But because of my height, people would look at me and go, you know, you'd be good at, you'd be good at the dumb guy on the donkey that's next to the really cool guy. You know, it's always like, you know, I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, you'd be good Sancho in, in, you know, blah, 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 because you're shorter. And it was like, you'd be the dumb, you know, my favorite musical when I was a kid, little kid was Music Man. And I was like, Robert Preston, I want to be, you know, Harold Hill one day. You know, you'd be good as Marcellus Wallace. You'd be Buddy Hackett. I'm like, really? I'm the short fat guy? Like, that was just... So finally, I was like, whatever. And I went in for Beating the Beast. And I they had me up for Lumiere, which I was like, all right, that's fine. I love that. That's a cool role. And then they go, all right, we're going to call you back for Cogsworth. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So I go back and I'm reading the lines and they go, you know, we're not really feeling, would you read for LeFou? And I go, yeah, you want me to do it now? Producer goes, what do you mean? You don't need to look at it? I go, this was my favorite musical when I was 19 years old. I said, hit it. I knew every, I knew, gosh, it disturbed me to see you, Gaston. I mean, I knew the whole song, like, and so I end up getting called back. I, I do it. I get it. And then they tell me, oh, yeah, you and Susan Egan. And I went, what? He's like, you didn't know? I was like, no. So like, yeah, Susan Egan's going to do Bell again. And I'm like, you're, you're lying. And of course, man, behind the scenes, the shade that gets thrown. It's like, oh, man, they were like ripping in. You know, people just talk garbage and stuff. And she's not young enough to be. It's like, uh, you know what? She's star. I don't care. Like, whatever. And she was, didn't miss a beat. Like, the first rehearsal, she was there. And she goes, little town is the... I'm going... I'm in tears. Oh, she's she's phenomenal. I will I will go to hell and back for her. She's amazing. And and that show was actually directed by her LA replacement, Yvette Lawrence, who's also incredible as Belle. So I got to work with them. And then a year later, I was doing Singing in the Rain, and I got to share a dressing room with Mr. Jamie Torsellini, uh, who also played LeFou in the L.A. cast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is blowing my mind. I, I I so I'm getting to meet all these people that I work, you know, over the years. And so then I, I did it again. I realized, you know what? I have kids now. I'm married. I don't care about being the guy on the donkey. It's fun. And so comedically, it was a fun role. It's you get beat up quite a bit. And I will say this: I don't think anybody ever called me by my name in either production when I played LeFou. They just, just oh yeah, LeFou, come here, LeFou, come here. And they kind of start treating you like you are the dummy subconsciously. It's funny. You know, everybody else has their, their first name. Hey, you know, Susie, but whatever, you know. But yeah, it, I would have to get Broadway pay to do it again. It's a fun role, but man, oh, I got worn it, out. <laughs> absolutely no idea. I mean, it was that, you know, 
I'd wear a rugby suit underneath, like padding. <laughs> you know, almost kind of just cutthroat. Just, you know, I mean, I understand, you know, it's, you know, a higher level of, you know, stage presence, you know, stage acting. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you are Justin Cowden. I mean, you deserve at least to be referred to as your name and not as love. Oh, sweet. Well, you know, it's funny. There are, that's the other thing is there are different communities. So musical theater community, I mean, people in LA know who I am, but they don't. It's just that guy that played LeFou or, you know, that's the guy that did this for us. You know, I, I've auditioned for them before. When it comes to like voiceover stuff, the only time, you know, you hear anything is if, if somebody in the show is a gamer or, you know, loves voiceover cartoons, things like that. Um, I mean, I've been up for several, a couple of Disney shows. I was up for Olaf in Frozen. That is, no, that is no joke of a role. Whoever plays that gets all my respect because you literally walk around with this puppet in front of you that has these controls that you have to make oh, wow. the eyes blink while you're talking. I mean, it's not, a, it's, and then you carry it on your hips. It's, no, it's, it's, it's no joke. But um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like you, you kind of, if you want to do multifacets of this industry, TV and film blend pretty easily if you're, well known in theater it's a little it's a little better but with voiceovers and musical theater are such different worlds that you talk about musical theater voiceover people are like oh i used to do that yeah that's fun you know i was one gal that she's uh who shall remain nameless but she's an amazing talent and she um she that was her degree and what? she was like how do you she did walking uh walking dead with me and she's she's like how do you how are you able to balance that and and I was like, oh, I, man, I got like, I have a supportive wife who's also in the industry, who's further along than I could be. Like when she goes in for auditions, she goes up for big stuff. She was actually pregnant with my son and up for a role in The Walking Dead. Wow! And walked in and was like, "All right, let's just say I'm not fat. I'm pregnant. Uh, but wouldn't that be cool? A deaf chick with a gun ch that's pregnant ch chasing zombies. You know that kind of thing." <laughs> She's been real close on a lot of stuff. She was on Glee. She's been in, and, and she's been taking a little bit of break because we have the kids, but we've been talking a lot about during this time of finding where do we, what, what comes out of this, you know, after this, do we make our own stuff with cartoons and, and on camera and that and everything. I, it's, it's an unpredictable business. I'll, I'll just say that. And, and if you take yourself too seriously, you can get, very disappointed. Um, that being said, I'm always encouraging people to go shoot for it and ignore people that go. The people that usually are naysayers are the ones that don't know anything about the business. Mm -hmm. Which, or they're, they're afraid, you know, themselves. Absolutely. And like it, getting over that fear is, you know, hard to do. But once you do, I mean, you have to do that in order to get to your level and other professional voice actors, which on that note, for the people watching right now, this was the big question I wanted to ask you. How, especially with COVID, you know, we have all this free time. Sorry. Ah, not a problem. We have, with COVID, we have all this free time. What kind of resources are available for people who want to get into voice acting and feel like they can make it? You know, is there any specific programs that they can use? Um, oh, yeah. There's, there's people that I would recommend. Um, I don't know who's, oh, it's so funny because... There's a place out here called Kalmanson and Kalmanson, they, they do a lot of act, uh, voiceover classes and workshops, things like that. There are places like that. 
Um, Charlie Adler, let me put it this way. Again, guy is, you know, Emmy nominated, Emmy award winning voice actor, been, he was Buster Bunny on the Tiny Toons. He's, I mean, that's me naming one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, he does classes, he does coaching. Um, I would, would recommend go, saving up and going for the gusto and, and spending your money and your time and your resources on where you're going to have the straightest path to learning from the best. And, you know, it's like, I wouldn't go, I would always, always look up who the teacher is and what their credentials are, especially with voiceover. It's different. They could say, I went to, you know, you know, the Royal Academy for dramatic art. Well, okay, cool. What jobs have you done voiceover wise? Cause the voiceover community is incredibly like, you want to get in front of people that are in the midst of it, you know, and we go to, you know, oh, I know a lot of people and sometimes they can't all help you. Like that's just that we we're in a place now with voiceovers where they're going for a lot of celebrities over, you know, celebrity names over your standard voice actors, because those guys can go on talk shows and go, Hey, I'm doing, you know, this and that. And you're like, what about the rest of us? You know? Um, but uh charlie adler i mean i i don't have his link on me but you can google and charlie has his own website you google his name it'll give you his website um i don't know if jenny mcswain is doing workshops right now i know rob paulson was doing stuff like this uh for a while um online coaching and and these like uh paid workshop kind of thingies uh but i would always go for those guys first and they because they not only have incredible tools but they also have um the experience and the stories to kind of guide and they're very encouraging too that it's it's a different place um and again there are so many factors that factor into whether or not you work i mean like with all the stuff that i did there was a good four or five years where i wasn't working and and I didn't even have an agent at one point for voiceovers. And I remember reading for a, a, a reputable agent thinking, oh, this is going to be good because they'll just look at my, my resume and that'll be it. And they were, I remember someone saying, well, you're a real nice guy, but you know, you may need some more experience with, it. I'm going, what? Like, okay, I'm not a big headed guy, but dude, don't talk to me. Like I just started in the business. And I did end up with one agent for a while that didn't work out that was like looking at me like I was, again, new to the business. And it was, it was one of the first times I ever had to finally gut check myself and go, no, know who you are. So that's the other thing. Know who you are. Don't be a jerk. You know, one of, a lot of people in this business, there are people that aren't talented in this business that work a lot because people love working with them. That's your first best piece of advice I can give you. Don't be a jerk. Don't be, especially nowadays, be somebody that people look forward to seeing and wanting to work with that kind of a thing. Um, but, and I'm going off on such a tangent, but yeah, no, go for the people that have worked. Uh, I, but anyway, I was very fortunate that Jack Fletcher, another person who is responsible for me working a lot. Uh, he's one of the reasons I did Luso from uh, final fantasy uh, tactics. He, um, he calls me cause he loves the, 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 the boy voice is the, the joke is usually my niche is, you're not going to use a real kid and you're not going to use a grown up woman 
to play the game and you really want to use a guy, then I'm your guy. Um, I got real close to being Tails in the Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, not the movie, but a cartoon, one of the cartoons at one point, and Jack said to me, I'm pretty sure if they go with a guy that it's going to be you. And they went with a woman, so it was fine. But um, uh, funny story, I was actually replaced by Melanie Griffith in a cartoon movie that I think made it to the $9 rack at Walmart in the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I still got paid. Um, yes. No, but yeah, Jack Jack was amazing. He's the one that got me into out of nowhere. He goes, hey, couldn't find you. Got this part for you. Let me show you the script. I walk in, it's Walking Dead. And then Ooh. I said, well, I need a new agent. And he goes, check out this guy over at William Morris. And then I call my manager. My manager goes, hold on, let me make a call. And he goes, we have, se we have several of the same clients. Yay. And so that was amazing. So I was very lucky there. Um, but there, there can be feast and famine. There's times where online you go, well, do I uh, go on Fiverr and offer to do people's answering machines? You know, answering machines. Voice message. Sure. <laughs> Dating myself. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I um, I don't know what I, I really went off on a tangent here. Um, Honest to God, I was thinking like while you were talking, so grateful because you know I'm not going to name any names. I've been very grateful to be blessed with the opportunity to interview so many celebrities, but I will say that some of them are easier to get to talk than others, and that there are a couple I've had to you know kind of just drag you know stuff out of. So it, it is very refreshing to have someone that I don't necessarily have to do that. So if anything. There are I'd folks you meet in real life and you go, oh, you're, you're, you're the other side of the, of the creator's spectrum. Like you're the, the one that when you come on camera, they're just they alive. And they're, sure, sure. And the well, other guys that are like, look at me, I do improv. Well, which, is all, which is all fine. It takes all sorts of people. Oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks. 100%. Yeah. But it's just hard when you're in interviews. You're like, yeah. Yeah, there, there's no that awkward pause. So I do appreciate that. So right now, though, uh, we're, gonna, we're about to go into viewers' comments and questions. But before that, we're in the plug zone, ladies and gentlemen. So, Justin Cowden, now is your chance to plug anything you'd like, be it future projects, how people can follow you on social media, anything like that. Go ahead and pitch that. And while you do that, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and put your questions, comments, suggestions, whatever, in the comments in the chat. Justin, plug zone. You know, it's so, so funny. Everything is, I'm, I'm right now, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I, oh my Lord, my handle. You know my handle, right, Zach? Yeah, yeah. Your Twitter and Instagram are actually in the chat right now uh, pinned. Okay, great. So my Twitter and my Instagram, Instagram is usually the best way. I'm, I'm really trying to build my Instagram. Just there's so many different communities. I'm also part of the diabetic community, uh, type 1 di diabetes. So I do a lot of interviews for that as well. And then artists with type 1. I'm not plugging any of that right now. I'm not, I really... All my stuff is in development. I have a, a film, just be look, on the lookout for it. Um, I'm always always available to do these kinds of things. I love these kinds of things. But um, more will be announced soon. So stay tuned on Twitter and, but more, most likely Instagram. And, and if you can find my Facebook actor page, go ahead and follow it. I'm, I'm always down for a follow. I, I don't, I haven't been posting a lot. It's been really, obviously, the zombie apocalypse has kind of at times gotten to me, but so plug wise, just, I'm just going to say, look at the Instagram, keep, keep an eye out because I've got some stuff that is across the board that I want to plug soon. All right. Well, that was the plug zone, ladies and gentlemen. So we are on the final segment, viewers, questions and comments. So give me one sec to scroll the way up. 
Okay, Aaron wrote in and said, he's that he's inspired by your involvement in Kingdom Hearts. What was your favorite Disney movie? Was it um, Beauty and the Beast? Or do you have a couple that are just near and dear to you? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, favorite Disney movie. Um, I love talking about Kingdom Hearts just because I think it's the way it was put together. So beautiful. Um, I, it would, it would, there'd be a succession of, I mean, there was when Little Mermaid and when it was like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, there was that, that big renaissance in the nineties. I love that whole everything from there on but uh when i was a kid obviously peter pan the original peter pan was just oh just wonderful it was one of my favorites i loved a lot of that era of disney the wonderful world of disney i loved the old zorro show uh, that they used to do on um the wonderful out of the night when the full moon is bright comes a horseman known as zorro i saw oh i love that um <laughs> but favorite disney movie yeah it would it would definitely it's it's I can't pick one. There's, there's always that. Once I see the na 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 na, na now they have that really cool animatic with the train and the river and the castle. You're like, oh okay, yeah. Um, Fox and the Hound, uh, the old Robin Hood with the animals. Yeah. That was that one was really, I love that one. That was really fun. My wife turned me on to um, Hunchback, which never saw originally and then i had been up to play quasimodo in a production a couple of different productions of it and i was like oh this is amazing and i was always a fan of the guy who did the voice tom holtz who was uh in amadeus uh the movie amadeus and he was in parenthood and he he was one of the producers on um uh, uh spring awakening oh uh yeah the original anyway yeah so yeah those that era was was kind of fun with the Robin Hood. I want to say that's like mid sixties. It's up. I mean, it was way before my time. I know that. But um, mine too. I, I, there's a lot of. I think my time was maybe the Rescuers. Rescuers Down Under. Maybe that's what came out when I was younger. But um, but yeah, no. I just in general, the musicals that they do are really cool. Aladdin, of course, that's a good one. Well, kind of on that note, uh, a lot of people are kind of asking about this character, so I'm, I'll just kind of combine them all together. Hayner, you know, he's one of the right. most famous characters, you know, they kind of just want to know, and I myself am a little curious as well, how, you know, you got to be one of the most beloved characters on arguably one of the most successful JRPGs, you know, at least in the West, if not the world. You know what's funny is that sometimes I feel the way I got that job, that maybe somebody quit or or i don't know because i was in a really weird place in my life i think i had a breakup i was just like just really you know just a down place and they go go in for this try out for this and i went in i read for it it was the same kind of a you know this young guy in anime and he goes ooh, ooh, hey guys you know that kind of thing <laughs> and when i was done recording the audition because you go into a booth sometimes sometimes you just do it from your agency but this one was i had to go to a place and I came out and the guy said to me, well, this is one of those really great auditions where I get to tell you, you got the part. And I'm like, and they had a launch party, like, I want to say six months later. And I ended up missing out. I wanted to go and I had to work. And I didn't realize how big it was at the time because it took me like five days to record. And it was arduous because it was explaining what was going on. 
and, and there's a very meticulous thing with story. They wanted to make sure I knew exactly what was going on. I was like, okay, come on. What do you need me to do? Uh, uh, uh. You can find my grunts and my fighting sounds on YouTube. Somebody put it on there. Um, but I remember them saying, uh, it's taking too long to record. It's not your fault, but we want to renegotiate. And you get the same amount of money, but you have to do an extra day. And I'm thinking, and they say, if you don't agree to it, they're just going to replace you. And I went, I'm not digging a ditch. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. You know, whatever. Um, but I'd have to watch the Japanese actor. His, his words move with the mouth. And, you know, Japanese and English don't translate perfectly at all. You have to do a lot of rewriting. <laughs> like, <laughs> the guy's mouth goes, I'm just doing multiple syllables. I don't speak Japanese. I'm not making fun of Japanese. I'm just saying, and I'd have to be like, and the English line would be like, no, how dare you? I'm like, that's it. No, I've got to do it like this. And so there's a lot of, um, but fast forward all these years later, and I meet my wife, again, my deaf wife, who apparently was such a fan of this game, she had named her pet bunny Roxas. Really? Uh-huh. That's and insane. I said, that's so funny. I said, I am Roxas's best friend. She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm Hainer. And she goes, yeah, right. And I was like, <laughs> no. Roxas became my bunny, you know? And, and we had Roxas for... Roxas was like 12 when he died. But um, yeah, it was such a weird tie-in. And she was, honey, you don't understand how big this community is. I said, well, what do you mean? And then I got connected with uh, all the Keyblade. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm my, literally my COVID brain is like frying right now. Yeah, we can't uh, blame you. Keyblade Alliance, Key Wielders. Um, you guys look them up. I'm sorry. I do the, I do the, that convention every year and I love it. And, and I love everybody that comes to that. The, I don't, you know, I'm bummed. I didn't get to do the third one. In fact, I, I had to actually audition, listen to recordings of myself. They sent me and I, they think they wanted to make sure I sounded the same because it'd been what 12 years or something. And uh, my agent goes, you sound exactly the same. And then they were, I won't give the reason. I, I won't say anything. I, just, I was disappointed to find out that I didn't know until I saw the trailer that I wasn't it, but then I reached out to Zach on Twitter. What an awesome dude. He did a great job. And it was like, Oh, you know, there's a bunch of Batman. So there's a bunch of Robins like, cool. You know? Um, and so he's, he's, I've always been a fan of his, but um, I'll forever be part of that. You know, and I'm hoping that maybe if there's a kingdom hearts four in 25 years, uh, I'm just kidding. Start working on it now. Maybe <laughs> that can be the dark side world of Hainer or something like that. You know, I would, uh, but yeah, it was just one of those ones I just kind of fell into. You know, was destiny or however you'd say it. Sure. Okay. Uh, let me... We got Long-winded answer. I hope I answered something. Oh, no. You, you did it real quick. We sent okay. Some uh, my fellow VisionCon reps uh, compiled a list so it's easier. Thank you so much, Deanna and Marissa. You're the best. Okay. So we've got... Okay. Um, and this one's a bit of a personal question, but... Um, Deanna wrote in and said, how old are your kids and do they ever recognize your voice in anything? And if so, kind of what? Okay. My kids are little. I'm, I'm a new dad, so I'm not that old. Uh, I, uh, my daughter's going to be five in a week, which I can't believe how by that's, that's gone by so fast. And Captain Caveman, my son, um, he's going to be two in July. Um, I finally have been able to show them because Disney Plus, everybody keeps looking <laughs> on uh, Emperor's New School. 
make sure that you look up guaca because uh, I, I I guess I don't get residuals. There's some kind of a loophole. Really? I feel like I should have seen at least five cents already. Oh. But <laughs> um, no, I was so excited to play that and trying to get my daughter to understand what cartoons do with voices and stuff. And I explained to her that, you know, there's a person that talks in a microphone and it's like a puppet. I try to explain, you know, she, she's getting it. So I put on my episodes and she's like, like all guaco will be like, Cusco rules. And I'll be like, honey, pause. Cusco rules. And she's like, <laughs> no, like in the mouth is wide open. Like, Oh my gosh. My nieces and nephews are a little bit older. I have uh, two nephews that are seven. And and my my niece uh, uh, just turned five, and uh, and they started watching them, and they love them. They they really my, my my niece and nephews really understand, so they they they're they're into it. They think I'm funny, so that's kind of fun. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that I'll be able to do some more stuff that they watch, because I did Ozzy and Drix, and for a big chunk of time, a lot of people, the kids in certain age ranges, didn't. Uh, hadn't heard of it or they were too young. And then I went to Nebraska. My, I have family in Nebraska and they, uh, my cousin was in high school and she's like, can you come and talk to our drama class? And when I mentioned that I did that, this one kid goes, <gasps> I was like, well, I said, he's like, that was my favorite show. And I'm like, really? I was like, oh, wow, that's super fun. So when, with my kids, yeah, I, you know, they're still young. My daughter's starting to understand and she digs it. She wants to hear more. We watch a lot of cartoons together as well. Um, and she'll, Dad, is that you? You know, or is that, is that you? Is that guy you? And I'm like, no, but I wish it was, you know. <laughs> she said something recently. I was trying to, I said, I said, Lainey, this is, look at this is Robin. It was somebody doing Robin. I go, Dad could do that voice, right? And I would repeat it. And she goes, that doesn't sound like him. Yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> critic. Everybody's a critic. Just as brutal as all young kids are. All right, oh, well, yeah. we got time for one final question. And this one I really like. So I, I think this is the perfect one to end off on. Uh, Marissa wrote in and wanted to know, if what was your best piece of advice to push through for those that kind of have self-doubt about, you know, starting this dream or really any dream? Kind of what things do you kind of tell yourself, you know, to get through that? And, you know, just any advice at all. Um, okay. Two things, and I'm going to use what's worked for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get emotional. This is funny. Um, there's a, there's the, there's a movie uh, with Sean Ashton called Rudy. I recommend everybody see it. Mm -hmm. um, but a guy that just, I mean, literally underdog never like he had a dream and he kept pushing and he just kept rejection, 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 rejection. Finally, when they let him get not only into uniform, when they finally let him onto the field and the music builds and he, gets the tackle, which is real, by the way, go look up the documentary. People are saying it's not real. No, you can see the footage of him actually doing it. And they did carry him off. And I had a coach that played with him and said it didn't happen. I'm like, oh, those are the people you want to ignore. Anyway, when they pick him up and the music crescendos and John Favreau goes, who's the wild man now? And I was just like, oh, I get emotional every time I want to, my heart just breaks like, yes, 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 yes. Like that's, that's it. Um, it makes me push another day. And I remember, um, an, okay, three story, James Caviezel, who played, you know, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, um, <laughs> saw him outside a, a, a CPK and 
we were talking and I, I just walked up to him. I said, Hey, I, you know, I just love your work. And fast forward. He just, he was like, well, who are you? What do you do? And he said to me, he said, work your technical craft, but you know, you got to feed it from here. And if, if you believe in that, you got to feed there and here. And I was like, wow, you just kept me in this business another week. You know, it was one of those, always look for the encouraging folks. I'm not saying people that blow sunshine, but look for the encouragement. And the final one I'll give you is I heard an anecdote from Michael Crawford, who many of you youngins in music, who like musical theater will be like, who's that guy? Um, Cause you're all into Ramin Kermalu. Um, uh, but he was the original fan of the opera. And he got up and he said, the first musical I ever saw was West Side Story. And he said, when I came out of that, I knew what I wanted to be. He said, I, I wanted to be a jet. He said, that's all I wanted to be. I wanted to be a jet. And I ended up a phantom. And that one always got me because it was like, you think you're, the, the, the dreams that you have for yourself sometimes aren't as big as what you deserve. So just keep pushing. Find those things. It, you could be identifying with somebody completely different. Somebody from a different walk of life than I just mentioned. But find those things I don't care if you have to watch Karate Kid at the end of the, you know, I'm, I'm bringing up stuff that worked for me. Um, whatever it is, find it and keep playing it in your head and remind yourself daily why you're doing it. Because you're going to find sometimes where you get so caught up in trying to make a living that you forget why you were trying to make that living. Like I got lost in, well, I got to pay my bills because I got to work this job while I'm trying to audition for this. And I forgot what it was that I was working for. Don't forget what you're working for and, and perform for yourself. Who cares? But keep making your art. I don't care what it looks like. If it means something to you, then it's going to take you farther. That's what it is. The world moves aside for the person who knows where they're going. Now you said you were going to get emotional. I got emotional. <laughs> really, I've been, I've been like uh, lately on anything. You just like the, the guy's making cookies on the, on the cookie channel. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I've always loved being able to, to come on these kinds of things. Cause that's the other thing I love. I love pumping people up as well. Mm. However, I can help people, you know, I know this is life is hard, but I get people call, hitting me up from, you know, all over the world. I've had people from Iceland, people from England, you know, Hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, however, whatever I can direct you. I mean, I don't know what your connections are, you know, here and there, but I can just, I can always encourage you and tell you just ignore the bad stuff ignore okay i got somebody who gave me some inspiration i didn't even know she was a big star until later but uh rosanna pansano who does nerdy nummies she came to my old job she was a client i didn't know who she was i didn't know how awesome her show was and she said to me when i told her, i said you know you inspired me to go back to trying to do this again and she said she said um take in the love ignore the hate just feed the love ignore the hate you're going to see people in line. I had people, oh, I did like an interview on Clever TV once and I, I made the mistake of going on like YouTube, look at the comments and the stuff people were saying was so mean. I was like, Ugh. my buddy's like, you don't go on that. Like that's, oh, good Lord. Like it's just, some of the stuff was ridiculous it's to the point where I almost thought, oh, this is like Stan's dad on South Park. He like sits there with his wine and writes mean things just because he's a troll, like purposely. I didn't know what that was. Um, but yeah, no, feed the love. Receive the love. Don't be afraid to receive it. That, that takes a lot too. Um, and ignore, ignore the garbage. That's, 
That's it. You can do anything. You can put your mind to seriously. Powerful worlds, words, worlds, words, words. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the third episode of your new favorite internet show, Vision Con Live. Before we wrap things up here, I'm just going to go over real quick the guests that we have on the next few episodes. And since you guys all tuned in for this, today's episode, you guys are going to get a sneak peek of the next two guests that we have not announced yet and their time. So just give me one sec. Because on Friday, we rescheduled Michael Yerchak's from yesterday to Friday. It's going to be at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. He is, of course, the voice of Obito from Naruto, Jet the Hawk from Sonic. And then we also have on Saturday at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Time, we've got, of course, the one and only Bob Bergen, voice of... Porky the Pig from... Uh, Bob is somebody that, that runs a good class. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's somebody who's also an amazing guy as well to, to learn voiceover stuff from. He teaches as well. Excellent, excellent. That was actually something I was going to Check touch on. That. What's up? Check him out. No, he's, he's fantastic. He's, he's, he's the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's going to be Saturday at 2 p.m. Central Time. And then, now these are the two sneak previews, guys. So everybody watching, this is for you. On Monday... At, da, 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 da. I have I've pulled my uh, calendar up. Okay, for Monday, I've got the one, the only, Dave B. Mitchell. He voices Shocker in the newest Spider-Man game, the current version of Knuckles from Sonic, and Aloise from Three ha- Fire Emblem Three Houses, just to name a few. And then on Tuesday at two uh at three o'clock i'm sorry three o'clock central time we have the legendary Derek prince he's the voice of chino from the naruto series uryu from bleach and vexen from kingdom hearts just to name a few Um, he's gonna be at 3 p.m central time so that's that special sneak preview for all of you we're going to announce that either later today or probably more likely tomorrow but i just want to give you guys a little sneak preview for tuning in and that's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for the third episode of Vision Con Live. Justin, do you want to say any final words before we head off? Uh, I, thank you for having me. Seriously, Zach, this was wonderful. Gang, keep loving. I, I look forward to talking to more people soon and seeing you soon. And stay healthy and safe, please. Thank you so much again, Justin. I'm Zach. This is Justin. You guys stay safe out there and have a great day.